1: Welcome to Glib Shark, the podcasting madness of three people and the shark of their dreams. Our hosts include Jack Jenga Edithel, Lauren Oboe Crazy Urban, and Jonathan Roadblock Serna. Dive in as they chat with interesting people across the internet and generally talk about really geeky things. Be a chum and join us, won't you? It's time
2: for Glib Shark. I have a ton of gigs in the next couple of weeks. Yay. So if you happen to be in the Seattle area in the next month or so, and would like to come hear me play oboe, I'm going to be playing um, quite a few performances. Next week, I'm with the Northwest Sinfonietta. In two weeks, I'm with the Lake Washington Symphony. In three weeks, I'm going to be playing Madam Butterfly. And in five weeks, I've got the Federal Way Symphony. Uh, so you might not hear me on Shark nearly a lot or at all in the next couple of weeks, it'll, it'll be a sporadic thing. And I just wanted to give you guys the heads up because there's literally some weeks in where if I don't work all day on Tuesday, I have to use vacation time in order to play the gig.
1: Gotcha. And, uh, so you're, you're quite the freelancer out there.
2: Well, it's, it's a feast or famine type of thing. Right, right. No, no, I know.
1: It's just like, I know whenever I think of a classical musician and I, and and I'm just gonna preface with this I I know this isn't the case having known you as long but when I first was thinking of classical musicians I was like okay they're with one symphony and then that's it because like even in high school like I would do one off gigs with like city bands and stuff like that but it was never like more than like once a year with those special groups and then I was back at my high school playing there but I, and And now that I think about it even more, I think if you were part of like a church ensemble or like I don't know, the Jewish community center brass ensemble, something like that I, I just picked the name out of the hat <laughs> not necessarily because because of you, Lauren, but just just because I was just trying to think of of like an organization that might have something like that and well
2: you are you're correct in two different ways um Most people who are not classical musicians assume that anyone who is a a professional classical musicians, musician plays in a giant symphony somewhere. And that's what they do. Um, What you're right about is that that is how a lot of people make their living. That is how um, that's how you've kind of made it. Like if I was playing with the Seattle Symphony, I wouldn't be playing 20 million gigs everywhere. With 20 million different groups, I'd only really be playing with them because they play every single week. They're a full time symphony and I would be making enough money just playing with them that I would be able to make a living. That is completely accurate. However, that is a small percentage of most classical musicians professional um, because the there are a lot more professional musicians than there are full time symphony orchestras. And there are also a ton of professional orchestras out there that are not full time. Uh, Pretty much all of the groups I just rattled off with the I'm going to play here and here and here and here. Those are all professional groups. You know, we're being paid as professional musicians at union wages. But these are groups like the Federal Way Symphony only does four concerts a year. And then there's a couple rehearsals before those concerts. Um, The Northwest Sinfonietta, I only play with maybe once a month. That, you know, so it's for a lot of professionals, it is stringing together 12 different groups and coordinating it all. And if you're lucky, then you just continue to do that, and that's how you make your living. If you're unlucky, like me, then for a month or two, you have gigs out the wazoo, and then for a month or two, you have very little, and that's why you have to have a day job. So,
1: I, so you, I am, you're kind of right in two different ways. Well, I, oh, and not to, not to delay the start of the show, and Talamar, thanks for joining us, and we'll get to you in just a second, but I'm really fascinated about this. So how do, like the Federal Way Symphony, you just said, pays you for four gigs over the entire year. So that's a gig a quarter. How do they pay for that? Because I imagine union wages for musicians aren't cheap.
2: No. And um, without going into specifics, let me just say that my if I was to break down my wage per hour, I'd be making a ton of money. Um, what, the way we're normally paid is by um, by a uh, performance or rehearsal. Um, A session is usually two and a half hours with a 15 minute intermission. That might be a rehearsal. That might be a concert or whatever. Um, It's on average, I'm paid between 100 to 150 dollars per session, which equals out to almost 40 dollars an hour. However, for, say, the Federal Way Symphony, for example, we rehearse twice. We have two different rehearsals and a performance. So I've got three. So I basically am getting paid for three sessions and then I won't play with them for a couple of months. So that's and then how they pay for it is how any fine arts organization pays for it. Donations, ticket sales, you know, lots and lots of fundraising. That's basically how it is. OK, and so
1: like endowment kind of stuff like like patrons and shit.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. It's okay. it's a mixture of a bunch of different things.
1: OK, because I was thinking like just with ticket sales that would that wouldn't that wouldn't happen. Oh no. So but it may it, the the. I mean, patronage of the arts has been happening for hundreds of years, so exactly. I, I, I don't see why that would have changed. Okay, I was just curious. I, I'm sorry. Sorry no. for taking up time. Don't be sorry. No, I'm sorry.
2: Well, you know what? I only really have, like, two things to talk about for This Week in Geek, so we'll just call that pre-This Week in Geek Part 1.
1: Yay!
0: <laughs> Incidentally, I'm Jack. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Lauren. And collectively, we are Shark Tonight... Our friend, hopefully, uh, Talamar. But first, as always, or at least as often as we can, the lovely, the talented, the amazing Oboe Crazy, here to do a little something we call This Week in Geek. And it's a, big, it's a pretty busy week, I think, so I'll let you get right to it. How are you, Oboe?
2: I'm doing okay. It is a totally busy week. I have heard about Jon Stewart leaving The Daily Show um, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, they're putting out a tabletop miniatures game of Halo, which means that, oh, my God, I'm going to have a Covenant fleet everywhere and no money. Uh, there's a ton of stuff out there. But let's just talk about the big one. Spider-Man is actually going to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Spider-Man. Just
1: Spider-Man.
2: <laughs> now I'm, gonna, you, you, I'm gonna admit going it. to I'm going to admit it. OK, I'm going to admit it. If we've talked about this a bunch. And so I've already put it out there. If you had asked me before they announced this, if Spider-Man would ever appear in any of the Marvel universe in the movies, my answer would have been no, that there's no way that Sony was going to let that happen. And fortunately I'm wrong. Uh, So yeah, Sony last night announced that they're offering some rights to Marvel and Disney for Spider-Man. Spidey will make his Marvel cinematic universe debut in Captain America winter winter soldier, um, Sony is going to retain the rights to single Spider-Man movies. So uh, not Spider-Man in with other characters. So they're kind of sharing rights. And it sounds like it's going to be different actors playing those spider man So Andrew Garfield is not going to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We don't know if he's going to continue to be Peter Parker in the Sinister Six movies or any anything else that Sony is doing. But he, Andrew Garfield won't be playing Spider-Man in Marvel. They had announced he is that Spider-Man will be in Captain America: Civil War. Uh, he's it's just too late to be in Age of Ultron, and the only other movie that's coming out that they would announce for would be Thor. And I don't know if Spider-Man fits into Thor, but Civil War makes complete sense. Uh, now the they haven't announced which Spider-Man is going to be in the cinematic universe, although the assumption is it's going to be one of the guy Spider-Man that's probably not going to be Gwen Stacy, but you never know. Um, I actually like the idea of it being Miles Morales because they uh, Marvel also came out and said that they're no longer going to be doing single one-off origin story movies for any of their characters, that any origin stories will get explained in the context of an, uh, an actual other event that's going on. So I like the idea of Spider-Man showing up in civil war and you don't know which Spider-Man it is until he actually unmasks himself. But there's really no other uh, information out there. This itself is a, a fairly big bombshell. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm excited. I think this is cool. I never thought I'd so- see the day. That's all for this week in Geek. I'm Oboe Crazy, and you know what? Guinness to you, Sony and um, Marvel. I drink to you.
0: There are those who said this day would never come. What are they to say now?
1: I'm Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Nice.
0: (laughs) Careful with that reference. It's an antique. The world is indeed a strange place. If you have a fact that you want read live and on the air here on Glibshark, you can send an email to lauren at obocrazy.com. And while you're at it, visit glibshark.com, which is full of past episodes of the Shark era, the Jenga Jam era, the ButtCast era, which we're still in, by the way. We still do ButtCast from time to time. Midnight movie reviews, all kinds of fun stuff. Glibshark.com where all the cool kids congregate. But I guess it's a pretty good time, as any, to introduce our guest. What do you think, Jonathan?
1: I think it is an excellent time to introduce our guest, who I ran into on the Rooster Speak server while playing a little game called League of Legends. Uh, he quickly became very known to me as kind of the go-to guy for if you wanted to win. And I, 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 will say that this, uh, this gentleman is extremely talented at the game. We'll get into how talented, uh, specifically in just a bit, but, uh, I recently got to hang out with him at, uh, at PAX South and it was tons and tons of fun. Uh, our good friend, Talamar.
3: Hey guys, how's it going? Good, how you doing? Pretty good. So I've do you been, prefer uh, Lathe go or ahead. Talamar? I, I It doesn't matter. Lathe or Talamar. Lathe is my cool. real name. Talismar, Talamar is my uh, handle.
0: Gotcha. But uh, hey, I cut you off there because I'm professional. Go right ahead.
3: I, I gotta say, I listened to the <laughs> PAX podcast all the way to the end and I was completely fine. And then Roblox talks me up really hard and I got really nervous. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I was in shambles, but now I'm okay.
2: Roadblock well, is the fortunate. master of hype.
3: Yes,
1: and we did have a week to kind of to kind of let things settle down, and it was a week that we, we all kind of needed. But we're we're happy to have you on here, and I actually uh, you and I have talked quite a bit on on Rooster Speak and and uh, and in person at RTX and Pac South. But me being a professional, I do have questions. All right. Shoot him. uh, Well, actually, uh, something that I just now started when we were were, uh, introducing you is something I just thought of. Why Talamar?
3: That was the name I picked when I made a barbarian warrior in EverQuest when I was seven years old.
1: Well, Wait a minute. Really? You were seven years old and you were playing EverQuest?
3: Yes, I am like 12 years old right now.
2: I would also like to congratulate you on picking a name at 12 years old that didn't involve <laughs> butts, penises, sex, or lots of X's. So Or uh, dragons. Or
1: dragons.
2: dragons. Yeah.
3: Thank you. I appreciate that.
1: So how, uh, uh, if you don't mind me asking, how long did that bar- barbarian last?
3: I played EverQuest for, I want to say, five or six years. And then World of Warcraft came out. And I just transferred the name over there. And I still play that game today. Well that actually, I just uh, use for everything.
1: <laughs> that actually uh, answers one of my other questions here. Uh, what games do you play other than League of Legends? But let's, uh, let's turn back to, to League real quick. So you were playing World of Warcraft, and then how did you get into, into League there?
3: I honestly can't tell you why. I just saw an advertisement for League of Legends. Uh, I think it was, it was when I was in, at University of North Texas when I was studying music. So it was what three or four years ago when it first came out. I saw an advertisement. I played a few games, and I really hated it. To be honest, I thought it was a terrible game. I never wanted to play it again. And then six months later, my friend started playing. I was like, "All right, I'll pick it back up." And it just improved a whole lot over those six months. And I just started playing since then. It actually—that's sort of how I felt about Minecraft initially. I
1: fired it up. And this was during one of the like first betas or whatever. Like You didn't even have to register with Mojang. And so I just looked at everything and I was kind of like, eh, this place looks kind of crappy. I don't know what to do. I want to go back and play Halo. So it, it just, like, it never, Minecraft never clicked with me. But then when I started playing it with friends, it changed the experience completely. So, like, I I find that my gaming follows my friends, and do you, do you kind of find that's true with the with any other games that you play there?
3: I find that absolutely true. Even if the game is not as good as another game, I will still play the game with friends. Like, uh, I'm not a huge fan of World of Warcraft, even though I played it all this all these years. It's only because my friends keep on coming back to it, so I come back to it. I mean, I like it, but I don't I don't love it. But it's just because my friends play it.
1: I think that's how some of us are ca- starting to come around with Destiny. We actually, uh, last couple of nights, have had the opportunity to play Raids with uh, with various friends. And we were just like, we're not interested. I mean, it's not like we're never going to play Destiny again. But lately, we've been crushing on Dying Light. And that's kind of been taking all of our time. In fact, that, like I just got done playing Dying Light like 10 minutes ago or whatever. I was like, hey... We're on this mission, but we're at a good stopping point and I need to go. So it's a lot easier to put down Dying Light. But yeah, I'm, I'm totally like that too. I'd like... So aside from like League and World of Warcraft, what are those other crappy games that you play with friends?
3: Oh, there's other terrible games. I've played some Counter-Strike. I've played uh, some Minecraft. I've played, uh, you know, just any of those big titles. I don't own a any... Um, consoles like i don't own an xbox so i just bum off of my other friends consoles so i get to play some super smash every now and then some dark souls too but i just have a bunch of humble bundle games in my steam library that i can go to whenever i want (laughs) god i actually
1: i made a big mistake so jack i'm expecting the biggest i told you so on this one i started playing mass effect a couple of days ago
0: about damn time oh excellent
1: yeah I am right now at the matriarch Deanna Troy fight. And she's <laughs> kicked my ass a couple of times. So I'm taking a little bit of a break. And okay. I, have a, I have a good strategy for when I fire it back up. But I actually, uh, more relating to what you were saying, I made a big mistake because I think what I'm going to do is get Mass Effect 3 for the Xbox 360. So I really didn't need the trilogy I got from Origin. I really should have just spent the extra $5 and not gotten... Mass Effect 3 to just get Mass Effect 1 and 2 on Steam right and uh, because Steam is just, just way way better mm-hmm. I, I kind of, I don't, I don't even know why I think I got Origin because it was the only thing that like Titanfall was on and like there was some stupid like Titanfall like deal but anyway I digress, Steam is great
2: i okay, you may digress, but expect more questions in the future about your mass effect experience and also if you if you make it through the first mass effect, I say congratulations for dealing with the mako because the rest of that game is excellent, but the mako sucks
1: okay so here's the uh you know what uh, we're taking another break here i ha i I heard that the mako was bad, and I definitely see that uh so for those who don't know the mako is your uh is your little ground vehicle that you have to take on missions and it's controls I, I have a feel like i was because I, I was using you know the WASD and mouse so i was kind of mousing along and doing this i was like ah oh, this is awful i wonder if it's any better with the controller and then nope. i remember everyone complaining about it so i'm like no it's not better with the controller this might actually be better
2: it is it is forgivable bad because the mako is impossible to flip onto its back and you can cheese a lot of the fights but it is
1: still kind of bad is and it, the rest now, of the
2: game is so good that it doesn't really matter. But yeah, the Mako is the gla- glaring error of that first game.
1: I would have to say my favorite part of the Mako is the sniper howitzer cannon.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's how that you is gl- a lot of fun. That's how you glitch that thing. We're well, not glitch, but that's, that's how you cheese with that thing, because otherwise you actually have to strafe with the Mako, which is asking for trouble. So you just sit 20 million miles back and kill stuff with that cannon.
1: The it's sniper cannon is actually a lot of fun, but uh, I but will back to our guest. Yes, I I just and and I will report back on my progress. I I apparently have several people I need to report back to. So, there we go. But anyway, so uh let me you know what that was kind of a break uh in in stuff. So so going back to league. You're kind of good at league. And I think I can say that objectively. Um where where were you last placed in 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 League of Legends in ranked last season? And kind of give us a rundown of what you're about to say, what that means.
3: So last season I was I peaked at Diamond One, and there are two divisions above Diamond One. There's Masters League and Challengers League. Uh, the way the ranking system works in League of Legends is I don't I don't know who the audience is, but you may have played Starcraft or um, I can't think of any other examples. But there's Bronze, Silver. Gold, platinum, diamond, masters, and challengers. So there's seven or eight tiers. Uh, those who are in diamond one or above make up 0. 0.02 point no 0.2 percent of the people who play ranked, and that's what that means.
2: So just, you're pretty
3: good. Yes, I am well practiced. <laughs> just for ex- just for kind of
1: an uh, an example, when I played ranked, I was in my promotion challenges for, uh, for silver and just could not get out of bronze. And I'm, I'm not, that's not to say I'm like good and it's, I mean, that's, it, it's not that bad to get out of bronze if you're a decent player. It's just I've, I've never been that good to, to play ranked and, and deal with all of that. But we have a lot of friends who are in silver and a few that were in gold. I think uh, um, uh, Talwar, do you remember if Corey made gold one season?
3: She did not. Okay. Now I, I have a, I have a story about that, but you can go ahead. Oh no! Oh please! So right. Corey
1: is one of our friends, and you may know her as Jericho Nine Four One on the Rooster Teeth Teeth site, and she's an old schooler, and uh, and she is one of our friends. So so go ahead and, and and let's let's tell this story about Corey that she can't defend herself from.
3: Okay, so I have two accounts on League of Legends. I don't know if that's allowed, but that's the fact. Uh, my other account, I got to level thirty because I just want to use it sometimes and not my main one and it was ranked at about silver because i haven't played any ranks it, uh, silver is about the it's about the 500 points the starting point so i decided to help some people out that want to get to gold and one of the people i tried to help out was cory now it has nothing to do with her but for some reason when i'm playing in silver or anyone plays in silver it's really hard uh, league of legends is a very team oriented game and when your team is consistently bad-mannered or just afking or trolling it's very difficult to win and that for some reason happens very often in the silver division and i could not get her to gold no matter how hard how hard i tried
1: i i i know exactly what you mean and it's like so for for those who don't know league of legends and <laughs> this is kind of late to explain this but league of legends is a game called uh Belonging to a genre called a multiplayer online battle arena. You have two sides, you have five players per team, and you try to destroy the other team's base. And there are lots of obstacles in the way. There are turrets. There are uh, AI minions on each side called creeps. And there are also uh, other NPC monsters. And basically... One of the things that I love about League of Legends is that it reminds me of football. You have you're not only taking a game plan into into the rift every single time you play, but you also have to take into account your opponents, what your opponents choose, uh, how they are how they are kind of distributing themselves. and and then from there, how are they playing their lane? Are they playing aggressively? Are they playing? Uh, defensively? Are they waiting for ganks? That sort of thing. It's one of the things I love about League, and it's because it, of a lot of the video games, it is very analogous to actual sports. And that's just... Yep. That's, that's definitely think. true. So, um, what you were, t- you were talking about helping people out, and and does it ever bother you that, like, when we kind of talk about playing with you, we're always like, hey, Talmar kind of carries hard. Yeah, Talmar can, can, uh, can save us. And then then we're like, save me, Talmar. Does that ever buck you or anything like that?
3: No, not at all. I, I think it's pretty funny.
1: <laughs> Do you remember a particular... Was there... Can you think of a particular example where you carried very hard that was maybe like funny or amusing or anything like that?
3: Um...
1: Maybe recently or, some, or something in a, in a recent game. And I'm
3: sure it involves Vic somehow. Wink. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, actually, I think it was two days ago. I think it might still be on match history. Yeah, still on my match history. Um, mm-hmm. We, our team was, we were not doing very well. Um, we were having a hard time in our, all, all of our lanes. Lanes are the places that you stand in to kill the other people. Um, and we, were, we thought we were going to surrender. But at about, it says 25 minutes, 30 minutes, I uh, did very well. I got some good picks. And we won after I went 25, 4, and 8. Uh, ugh, it feels bad to talk about myself like that.
1: No, <laughs> that's that's why you're here.
3: <laughs> I feel very arrogant.
1: No, so, no, no
2: that, uh, Roblox yeah. is right. You're here to talk about your skill and that's you know there's a difference between being egotistical and just being matter of fact and that's pretty matter of fact right there
3: the 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 way i like to think about it is well, well practice i've played there's actually this there's a site that makes people feel really bad including myself it tracks how many hours you've put into league of legends <laughs> um and i've i'm on the leaderboard for the top 5000 people in north america so all i am is i've played the game a lot and i've learned the patterns that's all it is. There's no natural skill to it. It's just learning. It's just, uh, it, it's like learning an instrument. I know you were talking about, uh, playing an oboe earlier. Yeah. I had no idea you were, uh, in doing musical gigs, but I played an instrument and it's just like that. You practice a lot, you get better at it.
2: Yeah. It's how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, practice, practice. How, yep. how do you get to whatever that, uh, ranking was? Practice, practice,
3: practice. Exactly.
1: So... Would you say that you have uh, that your your mechanics, your actual like actions per second are are on par with some of the with some of the people or you love on your level? Or is it really just you kind of kind of read things, uh, read what's going on and can make the good decisions based on that? And, and just like an example real quick, like I have an uncle and a cousin who play racquetball a lot. My uncle is obviously a lot older than my cousin but he regularly beats my cousin because he knows exactly where he needs to stand in, a, in the court. And even though my cousin is faster and stronger, uh, he is able to beat him. Is it, is it something along those lines at, when you get to that level?
3: Yeah, you definitely see different strategies when you get at topper levels. Do you see... Um, topper? Higher levels? <laughs> you, uh, you see people who are mechanically driven at the game but make poor decisions, or those who make great decisions and may not be as mechanically... Uh, refined i i guess I'm, i'm a mix in between i'm not very like excellent mechanically and i don't make great decisions but i'm just i'm just in the middle
1: bringing up the the thing here so when um we've kind of talked about you getting to diamond diamond one and everything Would you say that's your biggest accomplishment in League, or is there something that that you maybe value higher than that?
3: On a personal level, yeah, I think I feel that's my highest accomplishment. Well, back in 2013, I went to QuakeCon, and we won a League of Legends tournament, tournament, and I got a free Razor Mouse. So that that was pretty cool, too. But Diamond 1's pretty cool, but I, I mainly play the game just to play with my friends. I rarely play by myself.
1: And I want to remind our, our listeners that we are on with uh, Laith a.k.a. Talmar, on uh, – and his uh, – you can find him actually on Twitter at, uh, at Talmar Gaming is, uh, is your Twitter handle. Is that right?
3: Yes, that's right.
1: So you're kind of getting into the realm of streaming, I've noticed. Uh, yes, how, I am. So how – where can we find you and how often do you do it?
3: I started last week and I will be streaming at 7.30 p.m. every Friday. And I will definitely be adding more streaming times as I get them set up. But it's going to be 7.30 Friday for sure every week. And uh, at, at twitch.tv slash Telemar. Very nice. And
1: uh, so, what, when you're on this streaming venture, what are, what are your hopes for it? What are you, what are you looking to get out of it? Or, or what are you looking to provide to an audience or the general League public there.
3: Uh, this is going to sound very philosophical and loserish, but I want to make a I want to make League of Legends a more positive community. My one of my inspirations for streaming is Day Nine Sean Plot. I don't know if um, any of you have heard of him, but he's a StarCraft two streamer. Oh yeah, and Brood War, and he has a very uh, infectious, positive personality that makes me, like, I don't even play the games he plays, but I just love watching him. And I feel like uh, League of Legends really needs more of those people because if you're not a League of Legends player and you hear about that game, one of the things you may hear about is like, oh, that terrible community. And they wouldn't be wrong. League of Legends is known for <laughs> a pretty bad community. How so? Because it's a free-to-play model and it's geared toward younger like a younger audience uh you get a lot of you get a lot of trolls you get a lot of just very harsh people that uh is enhanced or amplified by this teamwork oriented game so you get a lot of ragers quitters all that kind of stuff it's not a very good environment but it's improving based on the tools that riot is whatever implementing i
1: one thing that i think is help it The difference, and the way I've explained it to people who maybe didn't know what League was, but who had played games like Halo or Counter-Strike. With Halo, you're stuck with a bad team or a trolley teammate for at the most, what, 10 minutes at that?
2: Yeah, 20 minutes for the longest games out there.
1: Right. And in League of Legends, you're stuck potentially with that bad teammate or that bad game for 20 minutes at the minimum like that's the that's the earliest that you could possibly surrender and not get penalized for leaving a game and so you are kind of in with this team for a lot longer and that that raises the emotional stakes because you have more invested in this particular session of the game and that can be good if you're with a good team it makes for a much better story actually uh I remember, Talamar, at, uh, at RTX, at the condo we were staying at, and I don't remember if we had you over for this one, but, um, but we were having dinner in the condo, and I was knocking out some league, and I was playing top with Shyvana uh, right before dinner. So that match took just over an hour, but, and it finally worked out to where we were able to get a good push, we were able to get a bunch of good kills and finally we got the game done. And that was satisfying because I did have friends around me who were watching the game going, Wow, okay, you got you you are actually doing pretty good. But it was also the the time investment. We we won an hour-long game, and that was that was really, really awesome and, and really great. But it can go the other way. And I think that's one of the things that can potentially Contribute to the toxicity, but you were you were talking about uh, about tools to kind of mitigate things uh, aside from your own positive attitude. Uh, what are some of the best tools to kind of improve this community, in your opinion?
3: Are you are you talking about the ones that Riot is making, or just oh. personal ones? Go with whatever you like. All right, uh, Riot had a really interesting idea for the past couple of years. I think they removed it uh, this year, but they had something called the Tribunal. Where if you got reported, your your report and the chat log got sent to some uh, database. And this database of information and reports was viewable by anyone that had a League of Legends account. So you just log on to the tribunal and you got to punish or pardon these people that had these uh, possible toxic behavior or if they're just getting reported by trolls. It was a really interesting idea, but it... It was it's flawed, obviously, because you can punish innocent people. Uh that's one of the tools they implemented. They have something coming up, but I'm not sure what it is yet. Do you feel like
1: do you feel like what you were about to do, uh the streaming and, and trying to shine a more positive light and provide maybe a more positive attitude and example? Do you think that's a better or more effective tool than the stuff that Riot's coming out with?
3: I Absolutely, I believe so. Uh, people like to connect with personal individuals instead of entities like Riot. And once they connect to an individual person, they may change your behavior. That's, that's how I felt about day nine. Just watching him, I just feel better. I feel more positive and more upbeat. Uh, but I don't know how that can be done on a large scale uh, basis.
2: I'm really a fan of day nine as well. I'm glad that you've brought him up. And it's funny because he's one of those guys that I have started watching his videos and love watching his stuff on YouTube that has nothing to do with what he basically does for a living, which is his StarCraft stuff. And that's the vast majority of his YouTube channel is is StarCraft. Um, but I've I found him because he was doing a show on Geek and Sundry um, that was called Metadating. And then now he's doing mostly walking, which are him him and that. a couple. Of, yeah, him and Sean Bouchard and uh, Sean Plot, and um, Bill Grainer. Yeah, I'll play through old. Well, not just old adventure games, adventure games. And it's not just a let's play. Here's three really knowledgeable guys about games and how games are made in the game industry. Deconstructing, you know, why were these decisions made and why did they do this and what about that? And then they're all just really funny. So I love watching Sean do basically everything but StarCraft. So now hearing you say this, I feel like I should watch some of his StarCraft stuff, even though I know nothing about StarCraft.
3: He also does... definitely great.
2: He also
1: does Spell Slingers, right?
2: Yes, that's the other thing he's been doing. Uh, I think it's on hiatus right now. I haven't seen a new episode in a while. But yeah, if you like Magic the Gathering, he does Spell Slingers on Geek and Sundry.
3: He was also on an episode of Tabletop Gaming with uh, Will Wheaton. Yes. And... uh, I forgot. I forgot the other names. Yeah, I but forgot
2: yeah, what he was Yeah. The other thing that I've been enjoying watching him do, because um, Let's Plays for me are not just enjoying watching people that I enjoy play a game, but it's being able to watch a game that I want to play, but can't because my PC is a piece of crap. So he's been playing through the Talos principle, which is an awesome puzzle game. And then watching a mathematician play a puzzle game is <laughs> super insightful.
1: Looks like he played Small World. Yeah, that's right. I I don't know if that was the only one he... He played Small World with Jenna Bush and Grant Imahara. Uh,
3: That's right, Grant Grant Imahara. And that's
1: actually... Small World is a really good game for that kind of environment for tabletop because it's very straightforward rule-wise, but because you are mixing up races and attributes Madlip style, you get some really funny races like... Flying giants or diplomatic skeletons or, <laughs> or underground uh, uh, hobbits. Or or actually, the, the raging hobbits are a lot of fun. but uh, Or halflings. I think, I think they are. They're not actually called hobbits. But uh, it, it's really good for that because it's, it's eminently filmable. It allows people like Great Mahara and Day9 to have their personality shine through while they're playing this game. It's not just all about like mechanics and rules and stuff, they, they can have a lot of fun with it because it is a simpler game. And not to say that that's bad. I, I love Small World and it's one of those games that I love teaching to people because it is very straightforward and you can have a lot of fun even if you aren't necessarily a tabletop gamer. I like board games.
2: So there we go. <laughs> thumbs up for Sean plot and geek and sundry
0: that should do not only that but if you someone else has played small world and they, and you've played small world you can always say you've played small world i've played small world small world i debated whether to do that joke or not so everyone say apologize. goodbye to
1: jack <laughs>
0: good night jack
1: <laughs> it's one of the more awesome things about being the producer of this show i have the Skype yeah. call except but for the weeks when i don't
0: but let me ask you this like the first time I saw StarCraft or watched it, I didn't really know much about the game. I wondered how my friend Jeff Rupert could spend an entire con watching it. And then I actually sat and watched it and understood almost immediately. How watchable do you think uh, League of Legends is?
3: Very. It's very watchable. Go ahead. Like uh, like what John said, it's, like, it's a team game. It's like sports. It, you just watch. You're just watching sports. You're just in a video game form. They actually... Uh, Came out with this fantasy fantasy uh, draft for League of Legends. It's identical to fantasy for football or for basketball or whatever you're into. It's 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 like beyond esports, it's like an actual sport. Now you can Wait. see uh, some colleges that are sponsoring uh, their students to play League of Legends. It's it's a breakthrough in the gaming world, definitely.
0: That's crazy. So like, there's a fantasy league for League of Legends.
3: Yes. Yeah. So you get how to does choose, that how they even work? So you choose a. Uh, Every team in the professional scene has dedicated players that always play in the same role in the same team. And you just draft your players, and whoever gets like, kills and deaths uh, counts for more points or less points. And uh, that's just how it works. You just choose your roster, and they gain or lose your points.
1: It's very much like football in that you, every every team has different positions. Like, football has quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, special teams, defense, and kickers. Sure. Uh, League of Legends has top, jungle, mid, uh, support, and uh, and marksman. I guess that's what it's called now. AD carry. Yeah. And those different positions have different roles in the team. So your support isn't going to be getting you very many kills, but they're probably going to get a lot of assists. And then you're going to rely on your... On your uh, marksman or AD carry to get a lot of the kills but it's also important for other positions to get those kills too. Kills count for not only just denying the enemy a position on the map but it also gives you money which you can go back and buy for items which make your character better and there are some characters that rely on that money to get to get better because their base stats aren't that good and then there are other characters where the base stats are pretty good so they can afford not to, not to buy all the things. And so it's just managing your team comp and, and relying on your strengths and weaknesses. Like if you're a team that has a really, really solid uh, mid, you're probably going to build the rest of your team around that. Very much like if, 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 uh, if your team has a really awesome running game, you're probably going to run the ball a lot. And, and then you kind of build your strategy over how can we mo- most effectively run the ball.
0: Hmm. That's... It's so meta, right? That It's sort of fantasy football on top of something that's already kind of like fantasy and kind of like football.
1: It's kind of funny. Actually, that brings us into the next topic. There is a... And it, it is a criticism of League of Legends because there is a definite meta game. There are these distinct positions and... If you are playing at... There becomes a certain point at which... Uh, like a level of competition where you really have to kind of stick to that metagame. Uh, if you're just kind of messing around in normals, you can you can almost do anything you want. And, that's, and that makes the game fun, especially if you're just screwing around with friends. But, uh, but that metagame actually changes with each iteration of League of Legends. They'll regularly come out with patches that will affect how powerful characters are or how powerful items are. And uh, Talamar, my question for you is going to be, uh, are you happy with the state of the game right now?
3: I am definitely happy with right now. It, this season, they introduced a whole new map uh, for some. Well, it's the same map, but it's, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's very beautiful. It's, it yes, looks a lot better. Seen. And uh, they changed the jungle monsters up a bit. So now that jungling is more fun, uh, jungling is the person that goes around map killing AI, so they can get gold to help other lanes. They don't actually stay in one position; they just go around the map helping other people. Uh, it, it definitely added a lot of, a lot more creativity and in strategy instead of the same old uh, AD carry mid top. You now see people in different like that people in different roles that you wouldn't expect, and new champions that are coming out. Uh, a problem that League of Legends had in the past was a. It was like a six, six champions just dominated. So they were always removed or banned. Uh, you can ban champions in upper level play so no one can play them because they feel they're too powerful. And these six same champions were always banned every game. Now, in the current state, there's a roster of like 20 to 30 powerful champions. So you, now, you you don't know what to expect anymore. And I, I like that a lot more than was in the past.
1: As as someone who had been, uh, when, when I la- and I haven't played in a little while, but I, I am looking to get back in. And when I left, I was playing jungle a, a lot of times. I was our team's jungler, and I I thought that was a lot of fun because it felt a lot like a roaming support almost. Even though I would get I would get my share of kills, it was my job was to help other lanes and. And be where I needed to be. And so even though I was more offensively inclined, I felt like a support that just supported whoever needed me. And uh, do you feel that I could that I could continue that in the new uh, on the new Summoner Drift map?
3: Absolutely. There is some debate on whether the jungle's too punishing as in the creeps hit the monsters hit the champion too hard, but there is now a clear path on what to do. Uh, you always start in one area and you go to the next area. It's, it's more forgiving to people that just want to relax and kill monsters instead of helping other lanes, or you can just help other lanes and kind of kill the monsters. It's, it's more diverse. It, it, it's no longer about helping lanes all the time. You can now play a different strategy just farming uh, your jungle. So, yeah, you can absolutely come back in uh, with Yay. no problem at all.
1: Yay. I will be accepted. <laughs> so I'm going to pick your brain for a second since I am almost out of questions. I have one that I'm saving for, for a little bit. But uh, uh, like most of the time when I actually run out of, or write down questions, I run out pretty quickly. So if you if you were me and you were going in uh, having taken probably, I, I would say – uh, since Pax Prime, probably a six month hiatus from the game. As a jungler, who would be a good character to take in uh, my first few matches if I'm playing the new jungle for the first time?
3: You want to play Warwick, definitely.
1: I like this. Yep.
3: Warwick is a champion that he's a wolf. And like wolves, I guess, he regenerates health when he attacks things. <laughs> as, as wolves do. As wolves do. <laughs> so he's he's a he doesn't get hurt in the jungle. He can kill things with with safety. so he's he's also pretty strong right now, so he's worth picking up.
1: I actually when I stopped playing, uh, and this is actually I'm ashamed to say something I only fixed very recently, the e key on my laptop had broken. And so for about two weeks or so when I until I finally decided, you know what? this is kind of annoying. I guess I need a USB keyboard. I had no E key. And for those who don't know, your main four keys in League of Legends are Q, W, E, and R for all your abilities. So when you have an E key that doesn't always activate when you press it, it's a little bit of a problem in a twitchy game like League of Legends. So that left me with two choices of characters who don't use the E key. Teemo... Who everyone hates and is is our is our good lord and master, and Warwick, as Talamar was just saying. So I actually got to like my last main jungler was Warwick <laughs> because it was, he didn't need to use the goddamn key.
3: That's pretty funny.
1: Yeah, but uh, I I am very happy, and I, I will I will try and join you guys one of these uh, one of these nights when we're uh, when y'all are screwing around
3: definitely. Great, we're looking forward to it. We miss you. Oh, I get
1: the I get the feeling that Vic is like might actually be mad at me. I'm just kidding. I don't think she is, but <laughs> you were talking about uh, fantasy uh, LCS or uh, the league, The LCS stands for League Championship Series. So the fantasy is is the fantasy league that we were just talking about. Uh, uh, Insane Moadi, uh, Alex actually messaged me. Uh, asking if I wanted to get in on the, uh, on the Fantasy League this year. And I had to decline because, honestly, I, it, it was sort of like what happened with my fantasy football teams where I just kind of like stopped updating them. So I didn't feel like I would, I would contribute positively to that league. But are, are you going to be playing in the uh, Fantasy League?
3: No. I've only very recently started watching LCS only because I'm starting to stream too, so I feel like it's important to know that kind of stuff. So uh, maybe next time.
1: Well, now is as good a time of any to get to this question that I've been saving. So, so adjust your expectations because it's actually not that good. All right. All right. You can assemble a dream team of people who don't actually play league but who are famous celebrities. Who is on your
3: non league playing celebrity team? Five oh, man. <laughs> Only because I saw him. Oh, i have to look up his name real fast. Oh, I remember. Uh, I guess my mid laner would be only because he started playing Hearthstone on sh- very strangely, very recently, is Tay Zonde, the Chocolate Rain guy.
1: I was about, wait a minute. I was like, <laughs> I know that day. <laughs> Jack, did you think that in 2015, in February... You would have any any reason to think of the chocolate rain guy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny you should ask that.
0: My mind is perpetually in the past; it just bounces around from time to time. I'm like that last episode of Star Trek: Generation, where I'm jumping backwards and forward through time. At least where my mind is, you know. So I did think of the chocolate rain song not too long ago, (laughs) but uh, but normal people wouldn't.
1: Fuck, I hadn't. Shit. All right. Well, that's okay. I'm going to have
2: to go listen to that song again.
1: <laughs> okay. So, so, Te Zondi, Chocolate Ring guy, is your mid.
3: Uh, who's next? My top laner would be uh, Johnny Depp playing Gangplank. <laughs> <laughs> For those
1: who don't know, Gangplank is one of the pirate characters in League of Legends. And uh, built correctly, he can be kind of a biatch. That makes sense. I could see that.
3: Oh, man. Now I'm, now I'm out of ideas. <laughs> oh, oh, those
0: are two pretty good ones, I guess.
3: So, okay. So
1: who's, who's roaming around in your jungle? Who's going who's gonna to pop out of the bush and say, surprise?
3: And, and Oh, I, I guess it'll have to be, since you said surprise, even though you didn't actually say surprise, it would have to be Jack Nicholson, because I just thought of The Shining when you said that. <laughs> oh,
1: my God. <laughs> are you saying that he ganked, uh, uh, what's her name, Shelley Duvall? In in the kitchen or whatever they were? Yep. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) We just linked, Jack, we just linked League of Legends to The Shining. That's impressive. You know, I would have picked Aziz
0: Ansari because I can imagine him popping out of the bushes being, Hey guys, look at these boat shoes. Maybe not as effective.
1: (laughs) Well, one of them was carrying an axe and the other one is dapper and small. And has boat shoes. And has boat shoes. All right, so, we're, so we're, all the the way, the we're, we're all the way down to the bot lane. So your
3: support and and marksman. Oh geez, um, you're gonna have to help me out on this one. I I, well, I am now a, completely done. Think of a, think of a, that, think of that a pair that that might work well together. What key and peel? I, uh, I don't I don't know if they're together anymore, but I guess uh, Brangelina. Would have to be would have to be my duo.
0: I think they're still together, so that will be okay. Mr. and
1: Mrs. Smith. Good choice. So okay, so who is the marksman and who is the support in that couple?
3: Uh, they're going to be playing a troll bot lane where they're both carrying each other. Nice. So probably uh, Volibear and and Leona.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so not even marksman. Just like hey, we're kind of two supports, but we're going to totally kick your ass. Totally. That- Can that work?
3: Anything can work. It just depends on how you play it. Um, I've seen some very wonky stuff work very well. Even though there is an established meta, uh, as there is in any game that you can min-max, which is any game, uh, there are things that work that don't make any sense. You may be surprised to know that there's a mid laner in this game called Brand. He shoots fire at everything. All of his abilities is fire. All he does is damage, which you wouldn't expect as a support. But this character is now a very popular support. This damagey, squishy, non-supporting support is very good at supporting for some reason. And people just started finding that out recently.
1: Because I, I know when I played with uh, our good friend Darn Clem uh, a few times, he was actually a big advocate of brand support. He was also a big advocate of Heimer. Or who, who, there was another funky support that he liked. I don't think it was Heimer, but it might have been Heimer. Probably. But that's uh, that's interesting. I, and I, I think one of the reasons why we, we just kind of discounted Brand as a support was because his his stun cookie was just a long time coming, or at least it used to be.
3: Mm-hmm. Definitely. OK. Well, I don't
1: know. All right. Well, uh, so what is so aside from your streaming channel? What is next for you? Are are you going to any more cons? Are you going to be making any special appearances anywhere? Uh, what's next on your
3: docket? Well, finally we had or this podcast is today because today I applied to Riot Games as a playtester. They sent out an advertisement on Reddit I think a few days ago, and our good friend Corey is the one who pointed out to me, and I thank her very much for that because if I get that job, I will be a very happy person. <laughs>
1: So what would, and without giving too much away, what would that involve?
3: A play tester, they were looking for people that were specifically at a diamond level or above. And they want uh, they want play testers to just test the game. They want them to test ideas, uh, no matter how strange that they implement to League of Legends. And they want them to be the bug fixers, the testers, just good old Q&A.
1: So would that be something that you could do from where you are now, or would that require a relocation?
3: They would require me to move to Santa Monica. Wow, it would be a nine to five job. I'm. That's I, exciting. Yeah. So, uh,
1: how far along are you in the process?
3: I sent my application today. <laughs> oh wow! So I'm I, well, good luck. excited about that. Thank you. I am pulling for you
1: because I think of. Of just about anyone I know, I, I think that's something you would be perfect core for. So I, I say perfect core because I was going to say thank you, Corey, for for uh, for doing that for our, for our bro here. Wow, that's that's amazing.
3: The only problem is that, I, as you may know, I'm still in school. I still have another year left, and I'm working on my engineering degree. So. It came at a really bad time because if I do somehow get accepted, I probably wouldn't be able to finish school when I want to, which is something I have to debate. But it's also a dream job. So,
1: Jack, what is it with our friends getting dream jobs or being in the hunt it's, for dream jobs?
0: I think it's like the glib shark kind of halo effect. Anyone who comes within our orbit, good things happen.
1: We'll, we'll not mention some of those names, Jamie.
0: not going to na- drop names here. Everyone knows the names of, you know, sort of, not the hits their wagon. You know what it is? I don't think it's even necessarily us. I think it's just we happen to reach out naturally to people that are passionate about what they do and they're hardworking and they're dedicated and they're determined. And inevitably those are the people that succeed. So I don't think it's a surprise that people who end up coming on the show end up going on to these amazing things because they're, because they're they're the kind of people who go on to great things. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So and would, you, would you get to make red posts? That would be pretty amazing. <laughs> 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 I think so, yeah. I, I think they would give me that ability and I get to put Riot in front of my name in League of Legends. That would be the most exciting part, to be able to go to League of Legends and type in Riot behind my name. That, that would be the crown jewel of that whole job experience.
1: Hey, and I'd have another in it uh, riot after my last one left. Thanks, Nika. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, I, I just actually, we had dinner with Nika not too, not too long ago at Pac South.
3: Yeah, I I was very shocked to see her. I it took me a long time to figure out. Wait, I've, I've seen this person before. She's so familiar. Then someone pointed out, I was was like, oh, that's her, (laughs) on my League of Legends client a couple years ago. Every crazy. single
1: day when you'd log into League of Legends, there was Nika's face—her insane, beautiful face. Let's let's oh, let's talk about that dinner real quick. So uh, that was a lot of fun because honestly, when I was, uh, i I'd kind of hearkening back to a Pac South story. I had separated from the group and I was trying to trying to rejoin up for dinner because we were meeting someone that I played Destiny with, and I'm. I'm coming up to find the group, and uh, and I think this was when I found you at the place we were supposed to be, Talmar. And then I was like, well, I think they're headed this way, so I'm going to go back to the room. And then I ran into the group, and Nico was there. And I'm like, uh, I was shocked, because I'm like, hey, I didn't expect you to see see you hanging around with this lot. But, uh, but that was actually, we actually ended up going to a different place for dinner, and it was a lot of fun and really good, and uh, I had I had one too many vodka tonics.
3: <laughs> it was definitely a good time.
1: Oh, actually, no. I was supposed to call you out or something at that dinner. So you you pounded, like, what was it,
3: <laughs> one or two Long Island iced teas? It was one Long Island and one Fireball. What did you have for dinner, Talmar? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I was not hungry. I was just thirsty. <laughs>
1: Thirsty for sweet, sweet Long Island tea nectar. And now I kind of want a Long Island tea.
3: That's actually uh, because you got me so nervous with all that hype. That was actually what I was having before I got on the show, just to calm my nerves a little bit.
1: <laughs> hey, that is totally valid. Uh, if I'm actually, uh, my my work area right now it's a little is a little weird because I had to remove my Xbox into this room. So I actually have my computer in front of my little TV that's on top of my Xbox and then with all the usual stuff. So I'm kind of hemmed in and I was kind of afraid to bring a drink in here this week. So otherwise, I would be totally with you. I'd be having like a cider or something like that. Jack, what are you drinking?
0: Uh, Just right now, just having a little bit of uh, actually just straight up rum. Like I wasn't even fancy today.
1: Lauren, what are you drinking?
2: I have a can of Guinness. Hmm.
1: Simple, sweet, wonderful. I feel left out. I probably should have poured myself a drink.
0: Yeah,
2: Yeah, it's not necessary. It's just fun. It's true, but also,
1: what are you, new? <laughs> yeah, I know. God, I mean, how, how many years have I been doing this shit? But, uh, but Talmar, uh, where can we find you? One more time, out on the internet, uh, to, to be graced by your League of Legends acumen.
3: I do my streams on twitch.tv slash Talmar. I stream every 730 Uh, uh, Central p.m. Fridays and I'll definitely be adding more schedules as I open up or as I figure out what I'm doing uh, during school and I'm also on Twitter at Talamar Gaming and I'm also on the Rooster Teeth site as well as Talamar Uh, just type in Talamar you'll find me anywhere just type it on Google
1: wow that's way better than having to Google roadblock
3: yeah you get a lot of different (laughs) things yeah. Can, can I talk about something you brought up at the very beginning, Lauren? Go for it. Yeah, absolutely. You talked about the feast, and, uh, feast or Famine thing in music. Yes. I, that is exactly why I left music. Uh, our professors were even urging us to leave. They were saying music performance education is dying. Uh, you won't be able to sustain yourself. So unless you have no other option, we urge you to find another career path. And that's why I'm in engineering right now.
2: You know, I, I think there's a lot of educators, especially, but just people in this profession who, like, I wouldn't ever take that tact with somebody, but I would be very honest about, you know, your your chances of making it are very slim. You know, your chances of, of being successful at it, as far as I, I make my living solely as a musician, are very, very difficult. And I I think teachers who take that tact are trying in a way to discourage people who think that it's going to be easy and maybe turn those people away early. Um, and I, I wish people would just be honest. People would just be like, no, this is going to be stupid, difficult. And you're, you're probably gonna have a day job for a very long time. And you may even still not make it professionally. Um, but yeah, I do know of a lot of, of professional musicians, both performers and educators who feel that for any of their students, they need to be fire and brimstone. They need to be, you know, if you can't survive me, then you can't survive in the professional world. And I've, I know quite a few incredibly talented musicians who I, I would have bet would have been absolutely fine if not have done incredibly well, who for whatever reason decided, nope, you know, I, I want to, have a normal life. I want to make more than, you know, <laughs> I want to have a comfortable living instead of just scraping by. I want to have a a, a job that isn't a nine to five or I, I don't want to be moving every four or five months. And, you know, it's it sucks. It it does suck for a very long time, but I don't, I, I wish teachers would just take the tact of being honest about the difficulties instead of being like, nope, GTFO. Hmm. <laughs>
3: Yeah, they definitely had the attitude.
1: Yeah, and that's that sucks because I think if you, it, it, it's worth the shot to do what you love, and I think that's a message that we've heard a lot recently. And and Lauren, I know that that sometimes I get after you for not being able to make to do stuff, and and you you run you run a very tight ship uh, uh, financially. But honestly, I think it is super cool that you are essentially doing what you love, that, that you get to play the oboe and and get paid for it. And I, I know that's what you'd want to do all the time. But the fact that you were doing that at all, I think it's is very, very cool.
2: Well, thank you. And I hope you're still feeling that way in three weeks when I haven't been on the show in a while. Eh, we'll
1: <laughs> we'll talk about you fondly.
2: OK, <laughs>
1: behind your back.
2: I can listen to the shows when they're downloaded on iTunes, Jenga.
1: So that, no. uh, so, so, so that Oba crazy, she's... Uh, yeah, she's... she's Not up. yet. Dude, dude, next oh, week. Oh, God, week. sorry. Oh, <laughs> damn it. She's like right here.
3: It's, but, uh, it's
2: like I'm in the room.
1: Though the
0: path may be difficult. Um, I guess with enough passion, dedication, hard work, connections, and just a little bit of luck... People shouldn't give up on their dreams and there's a quote from Humans of New York that uh, when they had President Obama on there and not to go political one way or the other, but he had a really good quote, I'll paraphrase, about how people get worried about status and success and those are their ideas. You'll always be frustrated. But if you keep it about the work that needs to be done, then that's a way to focus and keep you you on the task and that the work is done in a certain way and done well enough over time that will carry you and if you're passionate about it, that will carry you through what you need to go. And uh, and I think that's true of our guests and I think that's true of the people on the show.
2: Aww. So, thank yeah. you.
0: But uh, thank you so much. No, thank you for joining us on, on Glimpshark. We hope to have you back at some point because it's sort of like everything came to a head. After years of talking about League of Legends, we actually got to dive into that world for one solid hour. and We need to return at some point.
3: I really enjoy talking about everything. I, I love talking about League of Legends. I don't get to do it very often even though I play it very often. But just to talk about specific mechanics, um, goals that I would like to see in the future—it's just very exciting to talk about. Just like any other game that you're excited about.
0: Exactly. So, Roadblock, who do we have next week?
1: Next week, I was thinking we would try and do the one hundred, uh, the one hundredth buttcast anniversary. Oh,
3: but that's then so exciting!
1: Uh-oh. I remembered that child's play or. RT SideQuest and our good friend uh, uh, Grady Bailey is putting on a fundraiser, a 24-hour gaming marathon at Gamer's Galaxy to benefit Child's Play. And he's doing that on the 21st, I want to say, down in Austin. So I haven't confirmed it with him, but I'm hoping that he can come on and... And, uh, and talk about it a little with us because I'm planning on going down there. So, uh, so, Talmar, if you're going to be in the Austin area around the uh, uh, February 21st for the Child's Play thing, I will be in the neighborhood. Cool. Well,
0: that's exciting. So, Grady, maybe? You'll have to come back to find out. That's the hook. That's what keeps you listening to Shark. So, on behalf of Lauren Urban, Jonathan Serna, and the entire Glib Shark staff, this is Jack Edithil saying good night, good health, and trust me, I know what I'm doing.
1: Wow, right, a sledgehammer reference? <laughs> you got it, really? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's all for this week's episode of Glib Shark. But you can find more swimming around the internet. Go fishing for us on iTunes. We're a five-star catch. Or follow us on Twitter, at GlibShark. You can even drop us a line, glibshark at gmail.com. Until next week, stay sharky, my friends.